everyone and what's up? This is John Ensman and welcome to Wrestling And. This week we are going to talk about wrestling and COVID. You guys already know what it is. You know that it's a pandemic and how it's affected the world. But we're going to talk specifically about how it's affected wrestling. We'll talk about empty arena matches. We'll talk about how the big companies kind of took advantage of the different situations and how COVID generally affected them uh, over the year and a little more. We'll talk about cinematic matches and we'll talk about, well, AEW last week. Did you watch the AEW last week, Justin? By the way, this is Justin from In Ring Art and I'm John Ensman. Forgot to add that. Did... What's up, Justin? Hey. I did watch AEW. Um... Actually, I watched everything but the main event because I had to run out and get some food for dinner uh, for the family. So I missed. I had to go get a pizza from Whole Foods, as eat, as we all very, do. Which is a very cheap, uh, just a little out insider tip. tip: twelve bucks for a large pizza Ooh. at uh, at Whole Foods. You call it; they have it ready in twenty minutes. You go pick it up, and it's actually pretty solid for what it is. And you don't have to spend twenty bucks on a pizza. Or so whatever it's it's better than a five dollar Little Caesars place. pizza. Yes, so okay. I missed uh, Sammy Guevara and MJF. I hear it was a great match, and that's one of the things I want to catch up on this weekend. But I did see everything else, uh, including Kenny Omega's uh, Triple H beard. Yeah, that was pretty cool, man. And I watched the main event, but I missed the first match for some reason. But the main event was just fucking epic. The dude did a... Uh, I'm not going to spoil too much. I'll just say he... Well, what is his podcast? Who cares? But he did a second rope uh, tombstone pile driver. We're talking MJF to mm. Guevara, which is like a deathmatch move. Wow. And Chris Jericho said he had never seen it done in America. That's... Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to have to check that out. And, of course, I saw the Young Bucks dip into the Just for Men uh, or whatever kind of shoe polish hair dye they were using. <laughs> they got all the mu- uh, crazy mustache stuff. It's really great. The mustaches are are pretty great man so uh Uh, i had a friend make a very good point about aew um you know this is the friend i've hinted at before he's probably his name's aaron so if aaron's listening shout outs to aaron um word to your family this is one of the you know the guys i went to the royal rumble with back in the day and he's he's into aew now and he said you know the wrestling's really good um you know the promos need some work but this was one thing that he said that i think is really evident from everywhere you hear about in the business and i don't think he necessarily has that insight to say this but he still picked up on it which is awesome which was you can tell um that they're making an environment for the i'm paraphrasing you can tell that they're making an environment where there's the wrestlers there are enjoying themselves and you can tell that that is totally true. Uh, I I every and wrestler I that that's was a very astute observation. You know, most of the wrestlers that have talked, besides a couple, have said that it is a great place to work and they feel like a family. That's not the exact thing. When I hear about WWE, I hear about um, getting into the culture, getting into having to handshake everybody you see, and a very competitive culture. So AEW does yeah, seem to have like a good a, workplace. In a walking on. Uh... Yeah, and just kind of a walking on eggshells kind of situation. I've WWE heard Tony Khan is very, yeah. like, you can talk to him, he's open. So, uh, But, you know, WWE is a much bigger company, too. So, you know, if Tony Khan was running fi- uh, 50 writers and corporate, and he was the corporate guy, and he also... Well, had stockholders, stock- you know? Yeah, so... There's a big difference there, but uh, I definitely agree with you on that. So, speaking about AEW and uh, COVID here, um, AEW started out 
when when COVID started, I actually went to the last AEW show, or it was the second to last AEW Dynamite, and it was in Broomfield, Colorado. It was the when John Moxley mm-hmm. first came out with the belt and did a promo with the belt for the first time ever, and it was pretty great. I loved it, man. Um, it was an awesome show. We saw a Cody promo. It was the debut of Jake the Snake Roberts, and I thought it was a really fucking fun thing to be part of, but as COVID was kind of like in the news and people were talking about it, I remember looking around at all the people and thinking, holy shit, dude, this is kind of scary. So I remember you uh, telling me that you went to a show right before uh, things shut down back in March. Uh, yeah, I want to say, um, okay, I don't, re- I think when they, it was maybe March, you know, God, it was March 11th or 13th or something around there. Maybe everything was shut down by then, but it was the week before, like, I know the kids were out of school and all that. Um, actually, this is how it went. Um, I got these tickets obviously months ago. It was for a bar wrestling, which doesn't exist anymore, and mm-hmm. was yeah. run by Joey Ryan. Oh um, boy! Yeah. So I remember we got the tickets. I had one friend drop out because he had a, you know, his wife is immune compromised, so he couldn't go. We're like, okay, cool. You know, we understand. And then I had me and my other friend that were going to go. We had a conversation. Are you okay going? He's like, yeah, you know, we kind of said, let's just go. If it gets really uncomfortable, we can leave if we feel, you know. And we remember driving there. I pick him up at his house. And then we're here on the radio. The NBA season has been canceled or postponed or whatever. Oh, stopped. Shit. We heard that Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson got COVID. Yep. This is all... This is all driving to the bootleg theater in Koreatown, which is probably about a 15-minute drive from where, uh, we, you know, we are. And, you know, we get there, we go out, and, you know, we were just kind of like, well, you know, Tom Hanks is in, you know, uh, Australia or whatever he was at the time. And, you know, we went, and we just remember kind of keeping a low-key and kind of just staying away from people a little bit. In a theater, there was less people that night. Usually... God, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm horrible at estimating crowds, Yeah. but the bootleg theater where they would have half of these bar wrestling shows was basically at kind of like a improv sense acting studio slash kind of small intimate concert place okay. and it had a bar there. Okay, and a little smaller venue. I would say maybe 200, 350 people maybe at the most you'd get at one of these. You're going to find out there um, were 5,000 there looking back in the records, I'm sure, because you're really bad with crowds. <laughs> definitely. But... I would say maybe it was about, ah, man, 200 people at the most, maybe less. Um, But, you know, we got out of it, and I remember just kind of looking at the watch every day, and when we got that two-week clearance, and are you sick? Are you sick? Nope, I think we made it out alive. And then that's (laughs) when everything after it got real, and we were just kind of reflecting upon that at times. Like, man, we were, like, at the last thing where people gathered for a very yeah. long time, I think. For sure, man. And we were like the last minute. And I do remember seeing Dynamite on the screen, uh, you know, in, in the in the kind of the um, uh, lobby area. of Because, like, you'd walk into this place and there's a lobby and that's where all the wrestlers are selling their merch and all that stuff. And then you walk into a room with a bar and then the next room is where the ring is where, like, you know, all the people gather around and whatnot. Um, but on the screen was Dynamite, and I believe they were in Salt Lake City, so that totally makes sense that you went to the Broomfield, Colorado show. It was yeah, probably the week before. It was the week before that, yep. Yeah. 
So things weren't quite real yet, but that night driving there, it started to really hit us. Yeah. And, you know, I think we all kind of went through that, all the you know, I'd say in March for me was the peak of kind of being anxious and confused about what was going on. Um, so, you know, obviously most sports shut down. I remember Dave Meltzer saying, I don't think sports will come back until July or August. And I remember thinking, that's fucking crazy, dude. They will surely come back before August. I mean, did you think that like, nah, this thing, yeah, like things will shut down for a few weeks. Well, originally, that's what I've, I, you know, when they closed the schools, they closed them for two weeks, and then spring break was going to become, and I remember when this all was happening in early March, late February, I remember talking with some colleagues, because I work for a school, a local school district, we were like, why don't they just shut the schools down for a week, do a lot of cleaning and sanitation, and then bring everyone back, so now that we had no idea how serious it was, obviously no one really did, Yeah. and... Yeah, I thought surely I remember talking with a friend, you know, probably in April, May about baseball season. And we're like, yeah, you know, I can see them letting, uh, you know, starting baseball in June and then crowds by maybe August and then September you're at full capacity and then it's back to normal. And I always knew in the back of my head, there's no way the NFL season will get delayed. There is no way Mm -hmm. that'll happen. Even if they're playing in front of no fans, the NFL would have to go on. You know, um, there was talks about that, but then, you know, in the middle of July, a lot of people were like, oh, football season. Ah, that's so far away. Like, yeah. And, and, and a lot of, you can't worry about that yet. You know? Yeah. And a lot of stuff did stop, but lucky for us as wrestling fans, unless you were new Japan fans in kind of like April or March and April, um, wrestling never stopped, dude. Like they said, fuck it. And they just kept going every week, man. They just kept going. And so WWE, when they first, when COVID kind of was considered a pandemic, they moved to the Performance Center um, in Orlando with no fans. And then AEW uh, went and they went to Jacksonville. They went to Daly's place. Um, do you remember watching? No, didn't they do something between Georgia, I think, right? Actually, it was Georgia. They did and, some. They did. They snuck off. I'm not saying snuck off in a, in a bad or deceptive way. But they went somewhere in some barn or whatever, and they filmed a bunch of backlog episodes in a row just to get them through. I want to say they filmed like maybe six, seven episodes of Dynamite just to have, and then they stretched that out over the next month and a half. Um, And then they might have went to another Mm. place somewhere else and did a couple more like that. And then I think they settled back at Daly's place. Yeah. It's all a blur, but I do remember... They, they did, a, they did uh, a few different things. They, they kind of mixed it around. We know that... Uh, yeah. Uh, we know that Double or Nothing was canceled. Um, and that went at Daly's place. And so AEW kind of had that going on. WWE, they went to the Performance Center. And uh, they... They kind of had this unique bare bones presentation there that was wildly different from anything you'd ever seen from WWE in many years. Do you remember? Did you watch the empty arena era in WWE, which was not that long? It was like a month long. Uh, yes, before uh, the pre uh, Thunderdome uh, era. Actually, it went to WrestleMania, uh, yes. I believe. So no, they did, yeah. Well, I think well that the Thunderdome didn't come out until maybe at you know well a, a little bit after WrestleMania, but. I do remember, uh, you know, the Thunderdome, uh, not the Thunderdome, excuse me, the empty arena two-day WrestleMania. And, and I remember thinking yeah. to myself, 
seeing Drew McIntyre beat Brock Lesnar, I believe, was the final match. And I'm just thinking, dude, this guy just got the lifelong opportunity and he did it in front of nobody. Well, no crowd, yeah. no crowd. I mean, Drew Galloway, I mean, um, not Galloway. Is it Galloway? It's McIntyre. Uh, McIntyre. Galloway is what he's using on the, probably on the indies. Because I just yeah. remember when that guy was fired and then you started seeing him on the indies and TNA, like that dude was a beast. And I remember just kind of saying, like, this is a, you know, just this was before he signed back with NXT and stuff. I'm like, this is like a beat Brock Lesnar type of dude right now. He's, he's awesome, sure man. Enough, it took a while. It took a while to get there with him. You know, they really slow played it well. Uh, they didn't, um, you know, they let him do a nice little NXT run for a while and all that. Um, but, yeah, it all, um, you know, um, what's the word? I'm like, culminated with a crowdless WrestleMania. And the, the um, booking after that's been yeah. questionable as well. Um, but, I, I mean, th- that happened with WWE. That was a tough thing to happen i feel bad for drew mcintyre but you know i guess it was all for the point of safety uh congrats to him anyways um new japan so this was a tough one because they started canceling shows at the beginning of march they canceled shows for multiple weeks then they canceled shows through the end of march um stardom canceled shows they just said Fuck it. We're canceling stuff. As we know that it's a lot of crowd stuff there. Um, they canceled Sakura Genesis, man. And Wrestling Dentaku as well. So And Best of the and, Super Juniors. And BOSJ. Well, they, and they, Wrestle yeah, Dynasty. They ended up delaying it. <laughs> and Wrestle Dynasty. And New Japan Cup. Yeah. So they canceled the New, the New Japan, Japan Cup. The New Japan Cup got delayed. Yeah. Because we remember just talking about, oh, the New Japan Cup was just about to go. They released the brackets. And but at the same time, you know, as you know, I think you agree with me. New Japan is our first love of wrestling. Not first love, but our top, you know, uh, right now and it's all like, that it stuff. Is a entertaining we were very company. proud. I was I was very proud of the company that they decided, you know, they what? took we're safety over profits. Safe. Absolutely. And I thought it was, and I just remember combing uh, a lot of. Uh, New Japan World, I, that's where I discovered the Hiromu Takahashi documentary, which is awesome. Um, well, and they did and, the Together Project, and, and I, you know what? I was pretty entertained, man. They put up all these classic matches, or at least highlighted some. And I saw Shinjiro Otani versus Shinsuke Nakamura, but a little bit before Nakamura f- really found his character, but after he was already considered a top guy. And, dude, this match was fucking amazing. Nakamura plays heel. Otani, just this amazing babyface. And you know what? I wouldn't have seen that unless Together happened. Now, that's not worth people dying, yeah. but... They they, they put together content still through yeah and i even watched the okada documentary with uh when you know at the g1 where you just in uh dallas where you just really saw how broke down his body is that's a great watch um and i remember i think kevin kelly went and voiced over a bunch of older matches yep and i just remember you know after stressful times at work not knowing what was going on and just you know, having those on the iPad with a little glass of whiskey after work really helped me Yeah, uh, get through it, uh, along with my drawings and whatnot, <laughs> which we know what that is now. But, um, and I even saw Tanahashi's movie, the, um, uh, what is my it? My dad, dad is, is a heel, heel wrestler. wrestler. Yeah. Gokigen, Gokigen nice. Buri. It, 
yeah cute little movie i enjoyed it and i had the kids watch it and everything and you know obviously subtitled but it was actually not bad and i enjoyed it yeah so, I, heard, I heard that uh, the booking in that movie is incredible i don't want to go deep into it but i i heard it was really great man so after soon after that you know we we finally came back with the new japan cup and i don't want to do a deep dive on the evil run but um right i mean the booking over the few months after that and some would argue till today has been a little off um but the evil run um what did you think about it well, it definitely was a shocker, wasn't it? Um, it I was just very remember shocking. being. Th- I just remember when New Japan launched again. Um, I believe it was probably around the week of my birthday, mid June, mm-hmm. and I just remember just being. I didn't really care about who was doing what. I was just excited to see New Japan again, and I remember when Dominion came around. We were visiting some friends in Palm Springs at the time. Very safe and tested mm-hmm. at the time. Um, and I just remember watching that match and just seeing a crowd. I was just like, I was so mesmerized by that. However, the booking of evil, I just, I, I didn't understand. Especially what happens now and what the result of evil is just a mid-card, arguably, com- com- you know, comedy act in a way. Um, it's gotten they were to that just point, really surely. Going- it was really just a break in, in case of emergency, and I think it just, it really, what it really did was, it really did Naito's run an injustice, is what it did. It did mm, Naito You think he should have kept it through that an and just pushed on until Wrestle Kingdom, or? Absolutely. I think he should have lost, um, the, you know, he should, I mean, although I really, actually really enjoyed uh what was it what was it called the uh um the event at uh this uh kawasaki uh, what stadium it was um yokohama stadium, stadium right was it not jinbu i i don't remember whatever it was uh that summer show they did where they had uh naito won the title back i really enjoyed that whole event i enjoyed what naito getting the title back and one of the greatest wrestling gists of all time uh, Naito laying down with the hand in the air and the fireworks in the background. It gave us a pretty good moment, but the whole gasp from um, evil turning was completely one thing, but there are so many better ways to do that that you didn't have to have, you know, somebody. Evil could have been booked maybe more of a monster and stronger, and he didn't need somebody like Dick Togo to basically you know cheat for him constantly yeah it, um it, it was definitely it was definitely weird it was unique um for a month and by the way apologies to listeners if i said jinbu stadium and i was wrong because that might be where wrestle grand slam uh, yokohama was but let you know if that's the case just tell us but um yeah the dick togo thing was weird it's cool dick togo is a cool guy but his role uh, back then to now has created these really repetitive spots um just evil can't really press the gas pedal too hard in main event matches. Um, he's he does not have a tendency to make great matches. I'll I'll say that. Um, so in Japan, you know, there's a very unique thing there because you talked about crowds and Japan took a weird thing because they got they got people in the stands pretty much for a, they've had people in the stands for a long time now but the whole time it's been the clap crowd um and when i hear the clap crowd 
There's a whole thing to it, right? I mean, wrestling is based on reaction, and clapping doesn't really give us the full human spectrum of emotion. So there's been, you can't boo. So when the heel comes out, when evil comes out, and they want to boo him, it's hard to tell how over it when he is because no one can boo him. So everyone's clapping. Um, you know, in big spots, people freak out. They clap and they stomp. But there's t- it's taken a lot of emotion kind of out of the crowd, and I think it's harder... F- for the wrestler to know how over they are with the clap crowds in Japan. What do you think about the clap crowds? I am going to be honest with you. I kind of got used to it very quickly um, until one moment, which I'll share with you in just a second leading. I'll lead up to that. Okay. Um, the clap crowds, you know, I, I, I started when I heard about the clap crowd thing, I kind of knew like, well, first of all, yes, new Japan crowds um, are just Japanese crowds can get pretty intense at times but for the most part during a match they're relatively quiet um and they build so i, I will say that you were that just in that i, I want to add though that there have been certain japanese wrestlers who were so over that there was no building it was just constant screaming for the whole time but it's changed over time i will get to that i will get to that what what reminded me okay actually fairly recently okay um so i do know that there were some wrestlers that were heels that used this to their advantage um, in a very impressive way. Maybe one in particular, which was Jay White. And when Jay White mm-hmm. would tease the fans that they couldn't chant back, okay. I don't know if you remember him doing any of that. Oh, like, yeah, Ibushi, for sure. Ibushi, for sure, yeah. you can't say that, can you? Like, great stuff right there you don't need a reaction back from the fans to know that he was being a heel he's mocking the whole environment um, he's mocking the crowd I he's lo- like showing control over what everybody brilliant work i rewatched the okada um why i i have the guy in my head and i and i know him i love him he's great um I've drawn him a couple of times. Uh, you know, the the guy, uh, he won the New Japan Cup, Sakura Genesis. He had to retire Shibata? because of this match. Shibata. God damn it. Like, I, I love Shibata. Listen for a second. I was re-watching the Shibata-Okada match from, I think it was 2017. I have never heard a hotter crowd at New Japan. Mm. And they were going nuts the whole time in love with Shibata. And that's what reminded me, like, holy shit. I forgot how hot the crowds can be in New Japan um, when they're really behind usually a, a you know a hot baby face. And I've heard I've Especially. I've heard people say that Naito versus Okada um, for the final championship there was like one of the hottest crowds ever, like the one some of the loudest wrestling crowds ever. So I mean, yeah, yeah, people just screaming everywhere. But I mean. Uh, are you used to the clap crowd now? Be, uh, going back to the subject, because yeah. I, I think I've disliked it more as time has gone by, especially seeing with the AEW adding their own workers to the crowd and such. I've just uh, kind of respected it because I know it is safe. Um, when I see you know, a, you know, a bunch of people yelling and screaming without mask on, especially back then, it just made me feel a little, cons- you know, it made me think, ooh, I don't know if that's such a good idea. Uh, so I know AW was like the first to actually have the the wrestlers in the crowd uh, as kind of the cheering sections, which was really cool. But I also thinking at mm-hmm. the same time, 
I didn't know if that was the best thing to do for everyone's health and safety, but yes, it was cool. So I guess what got me through and still is continuing to get me through the clap era is just the fact that I know it's probably the safe thing to do. Um, but, you know, and reminded me of all that. But, you know, they've still put on some outstanding matches that have gotten some rises from the crowd. Like, oh, absolutely. You know, um, Osprey and, um, you know, uh, Takagi, I like. Oh, I don't dude, know if that Shingo Osprey match. I don't really think the crowd being more eruptive would have made that match any better. To be honest, no. With you. The, the wrestling um, has has stayed incredible, and the crowds. It's almost and and I've heard people talk about this. Like if you hear the crowd gasp and vocalize something, it almost means it's like even that more over because they're not supposed to make noises, and course, then you hear them yeah. going, "Oh." Um, in fact, when yeah. when I watched Shuri versus Hashista. Uh, that match, you could hear so much vocalization from the clap crowd where people were moaning and gasping and, you know, it, it was, it was really, really incredible, man. Um, so, you know, with all this, all this empty arena stuff and then small crowds, which appeared, uh, the wrestling companies kind of had to do this thing where they had to kind of figure out different ways of entertaining the crowd, even if, you know, it, it, there can't be much of a crowd, and so it resulted in cinematic matches, which aren't like I, I guess they are kind of a new thing where they're edited. But th- there's a history of that. Um, Ganryajima death match with Inoki versus Saito. There's been wrestling that has been cut together um, in the past, and, and I mean, what about Roddy Roddy Piper Goldust? Goldust? And I ha- I actually have that on my yeah. list, the backlot brawl. Now, was that live yeah. or was that totally filmed and it was edited? pre-recorded? It was totally pre-recorded. If I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty uh, confident that it was. And then they had him kind of roll in at the end. Oh. I think there's been quite a few matches where they would have a recorded thing go on, and then and, they would you know, run in also, at the end. That's what they did at the second Stadium Stampede too. The or the, excuse me, the second Stadium Stampede. They they edited it, filmed it, and then at the end they all ran into the ring. And I hope you have halftime heat on your list. I, oh, halftime heat wasn't that the WWE thing, or or am I thinking that was Rock Mankind in an empty arena match? Uh, for the, for the, I do not have world, that on the my championship. list. Uh, and, and it ran during halftime of the Super Bowl. That's really cool. I, and empty arena match, right? So before that, yeah. you have Jerry Jerry Lawler versus Funk Terry Funk in a empty arena match. Have you seen that match? I have not. Now, what is the what was the reasoning for making that an empty arena match? So I don't have all the information on that, and I wish I was more of a wrestling right. expert. If you're listening to this, send it in. Um, but I I yeah. got the Jerry Lawler DVD, and I watched this match, and it's pretty fucking awesome. It's it's a lot of pacing, like in wrestling, a lot of slowness, and you know, in the end, he gets Funk gets hit in the eye and just runs off, and he's like, my eye, my eye, and uh, but the, th- <laughs> the thing about it is um, it was a novelty at the time, because wrestling is a crowd activity, so it was new, and it was cool, and just like the Mankind thing. Now, it's not so new to see empty arenas like that, but they were cinematic. Um, what were your favorite cinematic matches, though? Like modern COVID ones, I mean, besides halftime heat, as fun as that was. I kind of, I, you know, I guess I enjoyed seeing John Cena get a little humiliated with the, bro- I, I don't know, I wasn't, I, I was kind of having this conversation with that, my friend, I, I've never been the biggest Undertaker fan, um, 
Don't get You're me crazy. wrong. I really, really, I really, really appreciate, um, you know, what he's done for, for wrestling. And, um, he is an all time great. I've just never been really too drawn to the, to the character. Um, I will also admit that Kanan man, uh, Kanan undertakers, the story of them is one of the best stories that WWE's ever done. Um, even with, um, Paul Bearer, Paul Bearer, um, you know, diddling the undertaker's mom or whatever i still think that's one of the greatest kind of drawn out storylines that wwe's ever done wwf at the time i guess but um i just i just never i've always been more attracted to like the flamboyant and you know charismatic um you know personalities uh bright colors and all that stuff you know Shawn michaels bret hart um you know the rock and i've been more I was always more drawn Ric Flair to that than just the undertaker. I guess was yeah. a little boring in a way. Uh, I, I mean, know. I kind of get you, but he was so mysterious. You know, uh, when I was a kid, he was so uh, mysterious. Now, uh, I mean, we could yeah. probably talk about the appeal of the undertaker for a long time, but you, but that being said, I, I, you know, the cinematic match was, it was, it was fine. It was fun. It was definitely um, stupid and it was very yeah, much was a like a B movie, but that kind of made it yeah. fun. Well, you know, some sometimes there's some movies that are so bad they're good, or you know, you you're not watching, uh, you know, movies for necessarily one of my favorite movies of all time, probably number one is Shaun of the Dead. You know, it's a zombie movie that's mm-hmm. a comedy that kind of makes fun of itself and all that. Um, it's just I think it's one of the most perfect movies ever made. Um, some elements of that I don't think the Boneyard match is that what it was called, right? I, yeah, something like that. Might yeah, as well so be. I don't. I don't necessarily think that was to be taken too seriously. But I also, you got to say about it though, what a brilliant way to use the Undertaker. Um, Definitely, especially at his older mobility. age. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, man, it was a good way to use the Undertaker. Um, like I said, it was cheesy, but. I thought that it definitely had appeal. You know, if no if someone didn't know anything about The Undertaker, it might be kind of shitty. But if you know AJ and you know The Undertaker, it was definitely fun. Did, did you watch the Fire High Funhouse, Firefly Funhouse match? Yes, I, like I said, I kind of enjoyed it because I didn't. I, I I've always been. I've always loved Bray Wyatt. You know, back in the Hawaiian shirt days, one of the guys that kind of got me back in, along with that. Uh, you know, that chicken shit Seth Rollins heel character. Those are my favorite things when I got back into wrestling in 2014. Seth Rollins chicken so shit. I've always it forever. I feel like this is the second week oh, we've talked so about good. him again. We'll probably talk about him like every week. Yeah, but um. I, I thought it was different and enjoyable. I don't know if I'd necessarily call these things wrestling matches. Um, they're, they're just, uh, you know... No, they're, they're, they're like short films. Cinematic short interludes, films with you know? stunt workers yeah. um, that yeah. do their own stunts. Um, you know, at Stadium Stampede, same thing. They're short films with stunt workers. Now, moving on to AEW, because... WWE did, did a lot of cinematic matches. Some of them were very, very bad. I think the worst one was like anything you can do, I can do better, something like that. And it was the Viking Raider Experience War Machine versus the guys who like to smoke. What are they called? The Street Profits. Oh, and it was Profits, one of yeah. the worst things that WWE has ever made. They were ninjas. I didn't and, see it, but base, they just played like... Yeah, I see, I didn't even bother watching that. 
um because i happen to think those are two really good uh teams that teams are that i would misused like i understand why you had the undertaker in a cinematic match because he has robot hips and whatnot and <laughs> you know yeah, john exactly. cena probably didn't want to work you know whatever his movie schedule whatever he was on he could you couldn't have him for a first full schedule but you had four terrific wrestlers that you could have had them actually have a really good wrestling match and to do something yeah. like that like i just it wasn't for me so i i didn't bother watching i'm sure the it. writers were like oh these guys have so much personality but the viking raiders are just in ring awesome and just i these aren't guys that seem like they want to be acting on a film set these are guys that seem like they want to be throwing people around in the ring there again there are so many wwe and cinematic matches not a lot with that are worth talking about but aew had their own too what did you think of the first stadium stampede with the elite versus the not the pinnacle the inner circle yes i i enjoyed it I, I I loved it. I thought it was loved a great match, it, dude. And yeah. it was funny. I had my kid at the time watch it, and he freaked the fuck out laughing with the horse and chasing Sammy Guevara. I thought it was appealing too. Like everyone, everyone could get into it. It was great. I mean, and I wouldn't. I would just call that a recorded like kind of match. I wouldn't cinematic. I mean, we're talking about special effects and they actually made it seem like a horror movie and well again it was more uh, of a setup shoot okay again like this was just filming people fighting you know but i mean what i was saying is i I would call a cinematic match a you know it's like a short film with stunt work and with the stunts and that's essentially what the boneyard match was with much more special effects and editing but the stadium stampede was also a edited short film with stunt work done in it and i think it was awesome i think it was cool because the wrestlers had so much input into things and there were so many little easter eggs and things do you remember when uh hangman got thrown across the bar by Hager. Yes. I, I guess like they were saying, oh, it's it's really hard to do that and they had to put like baby oil or powder and stuff down. They're saying it's not natural to slide a dude across a bar. Sure. <laughs> so uh, Well, what about when Matt Hardy would come in and out of the pool yeah, and he so would be a different campy, rendi- you know, a different version of himself. So campy, not <laughs> so taking great. itself seriously, but also yeah. uh, respecting his longtime fans. It was hilarious, man. Here is a my favorite Easter egg of the match was when I, I believe it was Omega and oh boy, I don't want to guess. It was Omega and maybe Ortiz, or um, or his partner. And Omega tr- did a transition to another part of the, the arena with a N64 style. He Irish whipped him into the other room and then chased after him, which was a shout out to like an N64 game. If right, you wanted yeah. to move him, you had to Irish whip them into the next room. Into the backstage, and it was very logical yeah. when I saw it. I was running. like, "Oh, that makes yeah. sense." But then they said, "No, that was that was from the the N sixty four game." I was like, I, "That is so good." <laughs> but you know what, though, here is the difference. Like that was filmed, and it it had the same kind of like spirit and elements of a wrestling match. You know what I mean? Like there was a ring at some point, and there was they were. You know, you know, it just seemed like it was just two guys fighting backstage in the middle of a match, like a false count anywhere kind of situation. 
Yeah. Where I, I feel like I you keep trying to make you keep trying to make this match sound like it was like somehow different from other cinematic matches. Is that No, I think it was. I think the Stadium Stampede is a different level than actually making a short film. With, okay. You know, special effects and lighting. Because the intent like people were intended to film the stadium stampede. Like, even there was no fourth wall there because, of course, they're going to have cameras record this fight. But in the world of The Undertaker, we're supposed to pretend that it's an actual movie <laughs> okay. and it wasn't being filmed. Okay. You know what I'm saying? I, I understand that. It, yes. Okay. Stadium Here's, Stampede, they, they, they yeah. know that we are fans watching them on TV. And I think that they. Right. But with the Boneyard match, this is supposed to be like. A legit, I get what you're saying. It's a kayfabe type deal where we are supposed to believe that this like happened somehow. But I think WWE knows that that you know they yeah. uh, how ridiculous. Well, I'm just it saying was. that that's the difference. Is I'm not saying it in a good or bad way. I'm not trying to say one's better. I'm well, I, I enjoyed the, the stadium, the stadium stampede much was much better than the boneyard match. It was more believable and like I'm watching a wrestling match. But those were just a like I said, they were just a short film. They weren't even a match really. They were just a short films that uh, had some entertaining parts. They had I some campy cheesy parts. But you know what I'm saying is that the camera is supposed to be there in the stadium stampede. Yes, but there, there's no fourth wall. Okay, there, well, what about the corporate ladder wall. match? <laughs> oh I mean, God. they knew they were it being reminded filmed. Me. Yeah, well, that I think is kind of in, kind of the in between. Um, I think it was more of a stadium stampede, not as well done, obviously, but um, but a cooler set in a way. Lot. They got to do the whole fucking floor. That they could have done a little better, but it reminded you. You know what it reminded me of? Of the Super Bowl commercial they did in the in the nineties, uh, where they mm. were fighting throughout the buildings. Oh the, yeah, uh, I the, remember that. The offices. It kind of reminded me of that. But the commercial was um, better. That's the sad part. Yeah, the commercial might have been better, but I also think a lot of that um, it really suffered for some. The Stadium Stampede had a great finish and was just entertaining the whole way. Um, while I think maybe the um, I, I hate to put the term like this, but maybe they were, didn't book the finishes so strongly at the end of those. Um, Talking about on the corporate ladder match? Y- yeah. Well, well th- didn't they Asuka, do a women's? Asuka won, and, and I loved that. Asuka won. It the was great, but I can't remember weird. how she won. Uh, yeah, I so I, I got no Rey Mysterio got thrown off the fucking building, and then he was fine the next week, so that was interesting. Right, so stuff like that. Um, Very bad that continuity. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what are you gonna do? But well, um, not not I, badly like that. But I get you. It's WWE. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So did did you like the yeah, parking lot fight, man? That was a good cinematic match that got five stars by Dave Meltzer. Do you remember that one? The best friends versus Santana and Ortiz. Didn't see it. Mm-hmm. I actually didn't see that one. You should watch it. Yeah. it. Was that was that was that on a dynamite episode? It was. Um, I I don't know if I would say it's like a ultimate match, but his claim was, oh well, it was the best like death match type of match, and uh, it was very good. It wasn't like anything legendary, I didn't think, but I thought it was good. So I, I kind of want to take a step back real quick and just one of those. Did you watch this or hear about it? Did you uh, watch or hear? This was a no crowd match. Go Shizaki versus Fujita. The match where they stared each other down for forty minutes. Did you hear about that, or did you? Do you know anything about that? 
I've heard about that. Um, it kind of reminds me. What was the? Was it a New Japan Cup match where? Um, all Tai Chi and all I they did remember, were kicks. Yeah, it was yeah. Ibushi and Tai Chi. But here's the thing: that match was like kind of yeah. intense and kind of cool. That was cool. And yeah. these two dudes just stared at each other for 40 minutes. And after like 15, 20 minutes, it wasn't cool. But there were people like calling it a legendary match. You know, like ultimate psychology. And uh, I, I don't think I could. No, <laughs> I don't. I mean. It's, it sounds very unique, and I would, I maybe I would check it out for a little bit and fast forward through a lot of it. Just, but um, it almost seems like it's, uh, I, I don't know, like art. They try to put an artistic thing on it, and uh, <laughs> is that what we call that, art? I don't know. What I mean, trying to think of just well, somebody that is art. So, but gets a white canvas and puts a little tiny dot on it and calls it art. So you're saying it's low effort, but it was looking for some sort of cult-like... And that's what happened. That's what happened, though. There were many people that called it genius. uh, But hey, two good wrestlers for sure. Um, But they had a real unique idea there. Couldn't you see them uh, saying, like, hey, man, how you feeling today? I don't know. No, no, no. I'm not feeling that great. What about you? I feel like shit today, too. Hey, you know what would be crazy? What if we just fucking stared at each other for 40 minutes? (laughs) Yeah, they just... I could see that. This this is wrestling. They're like... Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. I bet you after like 30 minutes, they were like, you know, let's just go 10 minutes more. You know? I'll I'll shoot at you. You move out of the way. Let's see how long we can do this. It's a staring competition, right? Well, they sure... um, Well, you know, in some of the wrestling games, there's a breathe button. And uh, I think in Fire Pro Wrestling. And it's like they held down the breathe button for 40 minutes. They got all their energy. I think if you hold it down too long, it's supposed to hurt you, right? Well, it definitely hurt that match because they held it down for 42 minutes. So... See, that's the thing, though. I really think it was a social experiment by those two just to see what happens. And, And to me... I kind of admire that. They got people talking, that's for sure. It. Exactly. So maybe that was the whole intention. So now um, we are slowly moving out of the pandemic because of many things, including vaccines. America is doing better, much better. Japan is having their own sort of issues that uh, with the Olympics coming up, it's so much to get into. But Japan's kind of having some stuff going down. India, tough. Not a big wrestling scene there, but the world is definitely changing um, a lot. America, as far as wrestling goes, we're coming back with crowds, and things are happening real quick. AEW will be live quite soon with crowds, and WWE's coming back as well, and is New Japan in America. So, do you have any plans on going to... Oh, wait. Wait, what? (laughs) I'm going to be there, yeah. You're going to that? I I picked up the Yes. I'm going to the one, the outdoor show at the Torch, which is, I guess, some little venue they have outside the L.A. Coliseum, um, over by USC. So, so um, you're, dude, you're, are I, you telling me your first crowd match back is gonna be your first live wrestling is gonna be New Japan after this time? Yes, sir. Yep. That's gonna be fun. I know it's a different show. Um, people are complaining that it is, you know, it's it's not all Japanese. You know, wrestler, not a lot of Japanese wrestlers, but the thing is, it is a New Japan strong show, right? I mean, let's make that clear. Well, you know, 
I do think that they're going to have some Japanese talent on it. They just haven't announced it yet. Um, I'm thinking in my head, I'm kind of predicting, I think the main event's going to be Tanahashi and Mox for the U.S. title. Yeah, you told me that. Um, I'm I'm a little really skeptical of I mean, it, but we'll see. I mean, he, he Tanahashi's to... been in the promo videos. Okay, He's the first wrestler they show when they announced it, so I think that's a hit. Well, maybe New Japan and wants you to go to the show, so they put Tanahashi in the promo video. I really think you know you got to do all this visa paperwork and stuff. So you, I, they don't want to quite say he's going to be there. They're hoping everything goes through. Oh, we remember but, that issue. I mean, yeah, well, that's what happened at the last show they did that I had no interest in going to because it was zero. No, I'm talking about um, that whole tour where they had like all sorts of people missing. Yeah, Is right. that what we're talking they were about? Just, yeah. Yeah, they had a show out here where PWG runs at a theater, and it was almost nobody. I heard they were uh, still on the current oddly roster. good shows. I, yeah, they probably were. Of course, these are. This is gonna be a great show. Just that you know, New Japan Strong is a very good show, and there is a lot of talent on it. Yeah, but they, yeah, you're not gonna have Naito. You're not gonna have Okada. You're not gonna have Tanahashi. Well, for, you're not gonna have for Ibushi, sure. But you're not gonna have Shingo, New Japan Strong you know. is kind of a different brand. It is like the best yeah. of the best indie wrestlers. As uh, so, and then it's New Japan style, which means. It, it it has its own style. Twenty twenty count for ringouts and a, more of a strong style with some acrobatic lucha stuff. It, it's New Japan, dude. But it is going to be these New Japan guys uh, that are either American for the most part. I hope Tanahashi goes. But that's the point I'm trying to make is that it's still going to be awesome because New Japan yeah. Strong has done something really cool. Chris Dickinson. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Filthy Tom Lawler, but I think he's a fine in the role they gave him um and then all the young lions clark connors carl fredericks those guys are just future awesome wrestlers i can't call them legends or anything but man they got a lot of talent so i think this new just new japan strong brand is really cool and that's exciting that you're going back man fuck yeah yeah i'm very excited about it and um you know, we'll see. Like, I know Shoto Umino is going to be on that show, yeah, so maybe it'll just be yeah. a tag match with good old Shooter for Mox. But um, I have a feeling uh, you got to defend no, that you US gotta defend. title. That's, that's got to be the main event, um, yeah. unless there's some kind of thing between AEW and New Japan. Like, no, you can't have They've um, announced one match. I don't know if you heard they did announce one match. Um, Jay White and David Finley for the Never Open. And I think title. that has the potential to be really good, man. Finley's gotten Absolutely, a lot better. Absolutely, anything... If it's anything like their New Japan Cup match, which was arguably the best match of the yeah. uh, of the entire tournament, um, yeah, it could be pretty special. Um, no, there's still a lot of talent on the card, and I really do think we're going to get Tanahashi. It just makes a lot of sense. He doesn't have a huge storyline in Japan. Yeah. Um, they've already sent Kojima and, um, you know... Uh, Nagata over here and they got their vaccines and why not send Tana over and protect the national treasure I, um, I the ace of the universe I agree man um, but you know the the only thing is they want to advertise him if they want more people to come and so you right, think it'll but like be a I surprise said, I do uh, or they'll announce it in a week or two um, because they knew that they were going to sell some tickets yeah they might do it to boost it they're almost sold out Maybe maybe um, they wanted to see if they could sell out, and if they couldn't sell out, they'll add Tana to the mix later on. They had the tickets go on sale six weeks out, and maybe it takes a little longer to make sure you get all the pe- uh, the paperwork straightened out to get them over here. I don't know how long 
um, the Kojima and Nagata process took. Um, but I just, I honestly really believe that they're going to, I'm not saying like a guy, I don't know, maybe even Okada you bring out here and have a match against Moxley. You could do it. Well, um, Okada's only coming out here if they want to like fill up Madison Square Garden or something. I mean, let's honestly. Right. Well, he's not um, on the main card right now. Um, I still think and he there's freaking defended the belt that, that, in that, front of three thousand people in Long Beach against Cody Rhodes. I I, so. I understand, but they wanted to sell that huge. I mean, Okada is yeah. they are they the the company in a way is booked around Okada, like who is t- at the top and who's in the middle. In my opinion, is like is Okada ready to be at the top? Do we need to sell tickets? I I mean, he's Okada, dude. He's a fucking yeah. Already a wrestling god, so uh, <laughs> yeah, man, that's that's really cool that you're going to that. I have there's a WWE live event coming up, I think, in a few months here, and I don't really watch WWE or I don't really watch a ton of it, but I've heard the house shows are really good, so I I'm thinking of going yeah. to that. House shows are a lot of fun because um, talent gets to do whatever they want, and I. I think I took my young, my oldest son, who was probably, gosh, he wasn't even five yet, four years old, and I took him to a, you know, holiday tour show at Staples Center. Uh, I want to say the main event was, gosh, it was 2015 in December. I want to say the main event was maybe like a John Cena versus Seth Rollins nice. title um, in a, like a street fight or something. Um, but I do remember also seeing like a really amazing Sami Zayn. Uh, mm. uh, what was his name at the time? Pac Adrian, Neville match. Adrian Neville, the, yeah, yeah, Neville for the title. I remember seeing a Luke Harper Dolph Ziggler match for the Intercontinental Title, which was great. Um, that Daniel that Bryan pa- that Pac and, versus oh, that Rock, the but, uh, Neville versus Sami Zayn matches were so yeah. good those guys have extreme yeah. chemistry man so yeah I, yeah I, so you you get to they get to go out there with a whole and they try new things they're a little more interactive with the crowd um they dim the lights on the the crowd so you get this mm-hmm. old school and they and it. they don't have to stare at the camera they can walk all around the arena point out wherever so yeah, I, I yeah. think it's going to be fun, man. Um, so moving on before we go here, man, I, I just kind of want to ask you, you know, how you think COVID, you know, how do you think COVID may have changed wrestling forever if it has? And how do you think wrestling did during the era? Well, I would just compare it to kind of, you know, all of us in any other sport as well like we're, they just were going they were just feeling out in the dark how to do things and for the most part they provided entertainment to us i remember just knowing that i had i even remember having they had a couple of episodes of uh you know nwa in the can at the time that got us through the first eight weeks at least we had some new content to watch and we were all afraid about when there would be no content anymore what would we do but somehow they they persevered through it. Now, how does that change things? Uh, I think you might see a lot of smaller venue shows in general, um, because I think it's going to take a while for everyone to feel completely comfortable going to full arena shows, especially when you're, you know, in kind of more of the blue state territory. It's gonna, t- and I think it, you're gonna see. Um, 
you might not see um you know WWE become through I think WWE is probably going to scale back on house shows for a while too it's possible um, Eric, they've already booked change. a bunch of them dude yeah I don't think they're ever going to well who's to say but I think they're going to rethink the model of doing those five house show loops uh, five working five days a week all over the country. Uh, you'd be um, surprised how much people they cut, and uh, you know, they did. And I guess is that what they're doing it for? I mean, that is a question. Who, who knows, man? I'm, I'm kind of trying to compare it to just had, like they do some weird shit, man. And if they can make three thousand dollars, it all has to do with the profit margins of house shows, right? Pretty much. Yeah, and I know what was AEW's house show model before all this. There honestly, was there was none. There long. was none. They just right. did dark, and that was before and after dynamite. And so right. they've talked about doing house shows in the future, though. Tony Khan has. Right. Yeah, because I would guess if AEW was going to come back out our way to the west, it probably wouldn't be until le- at least next spring. I agree. It's, uh, it's if I had to guess, it's going to be a little while, man. So this is a tough question, but what do you give the wrestling? industry in whole uh, like a plus b minus d minus with how they handled uh pandemic combined with safety keeping things going and yeah it's not just new japan it's wwe how what rating would you give the entire industry and you know so yeah it's weird to give a grade for something you don't have a rubric for right it is how did they? How did they uh, treat it in 1918? <laughs> like you the know, same way. How did they run the shows? It, I I mean, you got to give. I I for the most part, I would have to give them an A because I mean, the riskiest thing that I saw take place was WrestleMania, um, and even at that time, it did appear that there was a good chance. You know, a lot of people were able to be fully vaccinated by then to make it safer when they decided to do that. Um, so, you know, some of the indie promotions around I heard were a little loose on their um, restrictions and stuff. You know, restrictions, and a lot of people came home a little bit sick. But um, at the same time, those were a lot of people that were sitting around for a year that they need to make money, and they a, had no it's other a choice. Real tough and situation, man. When a lot of them might not have qualified for the stimulus checks and the unemployment, they, it didn't really work out. For well, them. and so even if they did, you, man, that's it's not enough to keep your yeah. rent paying every month. So it, it, exactly, these people had to get to be, back to making a living. I thought AEW did it pretty safe. I know you had some outbreaks here and there. Um, In all the but, major companies, I mean. And you also have to understand that WWE and AEW, um, you know, they had network television deals that they had to fulfill. Very true. Um, and they had to get out there and put on some kind of show. And in a way, New Japan um, had subscribers, which is different. It's less money than the network, but they have subscribers they kind of want to provide content to, so we keep paying for them monthly. I got a question for you. Um, we know how new I know how New Japan kind of treated this whole thing, and of course you give them kind of an an A plus for how they've handled things outside of the 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 outbreak within the wrestlers that took place, you know, a month and a half or so ago. Um, how did the other companies like DDT, Stardom, uh, All Japan, Dragon Gate? How, what did they do during this time? So, uh, f- 
I haven't followed it deeply enough to give you detailed things about all these other companies. Stardom and New Japan are owned by Bushi Road, so they kind of kept like a similar schedule of canceling. Um, I think that DDT and Dragon Gate kind of went along with New Japan, where it was it's been clap crowds the whole time, and for a while they didn't have people, and then they did. Um, recently. Dragon Gate did a couple empty arena shows, which are actually incredible shows. I would, I want everyone to go watch that first King of Gate, uh, those first King of Gate rounds. They were great empty arena matches, and that was only a few months ago. Um, obviously, it's picked up in Japan recently, and things have changed once again. We've had many New Japan shows canceled. Um, there's been kind of a clusterfuck of New Japan doing all these huge arena matches now, um, but going back to the other companies, they kind of followed New Japan. These aren't companies that get huge turnouts, except if they do really huge shows here and there. But um, I think that they just generally followed the flow of the market leader. If the listeners have a totally different idea, and I just got that totally wrong, please tell me. But it's, it's, it's been pretty uniform. Now, I'll say this, man. At the beginning of the pandemic, or soon after, some wrestlers did have a talk with the a talk with the government about continuing wrestling and I'm not sure what the point was to get government subsidies or just to get to be able to keep running shows Um, they did talk to the government and the government seemed friendly to keep wrestling going Um, so it seems like an important thing but you know we'll see it's changing now because COVID has its own I think I remember Tanahashi you know yeah I think I remember Tanahashi um saying something like, we don't want to be back until we can have full crowds. Mm. Uh, that was at the beginning. He was very applauded for that. Basically, from my understanding of the situation in Japan, I know my wife's, uh, my father-in-law, he got his first shot of Pfizer, and then they had to cancel a bunch of first shots the next day because they they ran out. Oh, so he's good that he got his first shot. He's going to guarantee to get his now, second. Now, let's tell the, tell the there, listeners that you're talking about uh, someone you know that lives in Japan. We're talking yes, about. I have. Be my, clear on that. My wife yeah. is Japanese. Yeah, my wife is Japanese, so I have all her families in Japan, and I think there's kind of a shortage of like the thing with them is it's not that they have it's not going crazy there by any means. It's just that it's hasn't really decreased. It's about the same as where it was a year ago, which was, you know, maybe five or six hundred cases a day for the. Tokyo but there's, there's different area, standards which, for them because I yeah. mean, in America there were times at the peak of it where no one gave a fuck but in Japan if it starts increasing a lot of them do care except the Olympic Committee who doesn't seem to give a fuck but well the thing about it though is there is some vac- vaccine hesitancy in Japan that they're worried about um, and not for the reasons that we have it um, although I think there is a new group of people that we're seeing vac- uh, vaccine hesitancy in now in our country, which is the people that were taking COVID seriously and will continue to wear a mask, but they don't feel safe getting the vaccine. Um, I think that's coming out here now. But in Japan, the reasoning why they don't want to take the vaccine is because they have such a, a way lower death rate than we do. And they have way lower hospitalization numbers than we do by capita and whatnot that the people there just don't see the reasoning to take a vaccine. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, I and could see that. At least the numbers support it there. And they're like, I'm not going to take a risky vaccine. When I mean, you, obviously, you need to have a deeper discussion about, 
you know, mutation of viruses and variants and um, maybe just passing it to someone, you know, spreading it to just the wrong person. But their um, COVID number, death numbers are so low. Which is you know, funny because it's an, old, it's them, an old nation. They have a low birth rate and a high percentage of elderly individuals. So Yes, but all those pre, pre-existing conditions that we have in the United States. Diabetes, say, like overweight. Obesity, diab- yeah. Um, a lot of those things that are, um, that really are you know making our death numbers go up a lot of those pre-existing conditions just flat out don't exist in japan um as much and also don't forget like this is a a culture that wears masks i remember mm-hmm. even uh you know watching that 2017 match again with uh, shibata and okada and i'm looking in the crowd kind of pausing here and there and i'd say a good 10 to 15 to 20 percent of the fans are wearing and masks. You, you know what's crazy about this is it has a lot to do with the mental situation of a lot of those people and that's why you said there's a lot of people that will continue to wear masks and not get va- vaccinated there are a lot of people who will continue to mar- wear masks for a long time um, i don't think it'll become yeah. like it is in japan but i saw a poll many years ago that asked uh, a huge group of people in japan why are you wearing a mask and there were so many random reasons. It's not a... It's whatever, man. Like, it's a mask culture, as you said. They just have people yeah. that wear masks. Many of the participants in the study said, it's windy. And so they wore a mask. And some just said... I'll tell you why. That's allergies. That's an allergy thing. And um, I think a lot of that has to do with allergies, you know? Some said that they were sick and... Others said, you know, mm-hmm. it just makes them feel good. So there's a lot of different reasons that some people mm-hmm. wear masks in Japan. And we're going to see that in America for a little while. I don't know how long. Because the store, you still see, I'd see, say about 25% of people are wearing masks right now at the store. And I'm fully vaccinated. I'd say, I do not wear a mask anymore. Yeah, I still do. And that's because my kids are at home unvaccinated. So I'm still wearing a mask just for that reason. Um, okay. You know, I'll still go in a store with my mask. My wife will, and my wife's Japanese, so there is part of that too. T- but, tell me um, how how we see how, it. Uh, like a sidebar, real quick, real quick is like, yeah. How often do you have to explain to people that your wife is Japanese? Because you you say it a lot, but here's the thing: you kind of have to to be in context, right? Well, when we're talking about stuff like this, of course. Do you, um, like, but do you have to tell well, a lot I guess, of people that because you start like telling them I, you know when, all this Japanese shit, and you're like, oh yeah, by the way, my wife's well, Japanese. Well, I think a lot of it stems from my kids' names are Japanese names. So, um, usually when I say, oh, these my kids are you know two boys, what are their names? And I have to say Kohaku and Kenzo, and then I'm those like, are well, badass names, Japanese. though, bro. Yeah. Do you got thanks. the fucking kanji no. and shit? I mean, don't tell the kanji. Yeah, we don't my wife want anyone looking at them up, but... Yeah. Um, my wife worked on that for nights and days to, to get the right kanji. To get the poetry but, um, of the name. In America, we just call yeah. a dude like, Hey, man, your Joe, name is Cornelius. It it's like, what's yeah. my kanji? Nah, dude, your name is yeah. fucking Jim. C-O-R-N. Um, <laughs> J. But... Yeah, that's more... The kanji is more important than the actual sound of the name, I think, for the most part. Um, But yeah, so I think I have to do that. Um, 
you know, obviously when I say my kid's name is Kenzo or Kohaku, they're like, what? Like, oh, my wife's Japanese and we wanted to give them Japanese names. I wanted them to have Japanese first names because um, especially my wife's first name is Maria, which you wouldn't necessarily think is a Japanese name either. Maria. So I'm like, yeah, that it's like that. Yeah, but it's M-A-R-I-A. Um, Maria son. And the last name is the last name is Frank. So I mean, you know, walking around as Maria Frank, there's no Japanese there at all. So I'm like, we got to give these kids Japanese first names because honestly, they're more Japanese than anything. So we might have to cut this sure whole section out. I don't think you necessarily want people Nobody knowing cares. your last name, <laughs> or you not care. Yeah, I don't care. Okay. Okay, I'm just making <laughs> sure really because care. I don't like. Yeah, I'm just making sure. Hey, some people are, uh, you know, we all choose. What all they we have share to do the is they have to click on in ring art, and then they click on being Frank eighty one, and they know you because I say it's the art of being. Yeah, so whatever. Okay, it's all good. I'm just making sure, yeah. man. So this, you know, we've talked about all this wrestling stuff during COVID, man. I, you know, we talked about the rating. F minus through A plus slash SS slash SSS is the highest. What's rated. your grade? No, I just I'll do I'll I'll do the general school grade of F minus through A plus. And how has wrestling handled the pandemic? I, I uh, I'd say A minus. I wouldn't say it's quite as okay. good as, as you said it is. Especially a lot of wrestling in Japan right now, and New Japan just doing stadium shows and shit. That's not. It's a weird situation, man. I think that um, there were a lot of outbreaks in the companies, but I guess that's pretty general, right? All the leagues had outbreaks, right? Like, every sports league had COVID outbreaks. Every single... Yes. I think every... I hear those sirens. I don't think you do. Um, Every (laughs) single major sport or company that had people gathering had some type of outbreak, it seems like. But New Japan didn't really have any with fans, per se. And it took them a year to have cases within the um, the roster. Yeah. That's pretty impressive, you know, to J- be honest. Japan is re- weird because they're, really they're, doing, they're still doing um, right? MMA shows that with big-ass crowds of, of people. I don't so. know if I lost you there or not. but um, They're still doing really... Sorry, man, I hit mute. They're really still doing... <laughs> uh, like Ryzen shows with huge crowds, huge fucking MMA crowds in the domes, and uh, yeah, man. So, look, I'll give it, a, I'll give it one step below you. How the wrestling industry's handled it. It's been a fucking crazy year. Let's hope that we can yeah. get back to crowds weekly. I mean, let's get, let's hope that, uh, you know, there's just some crazy fucking wrestling and all the shit of the last few years is going to be translated back into these massive crowds of people going to wrestling. Well, let me tell you something. I don't know if you heard, but SummerSlam in Vegas. No, I, I got it. I just tweeted about football. this. They 30, sold 30, yeah. Yeah, 37,000, 36. So they're selling a Tokyo yeah. Dome worth of people in a right? fly-to-town, Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's a huge show. It's a fucking crazy crowd. AEW sold out already. They sold out one place. They're about to sell out another. Check out at Wrestling Ticks. They tweet every day all the different maps mm. of the arenas and all the wrestling companies. You know what I'm saying? With all the pictures of the empty seats. That's, 
That sounds awesome. Check out at wrestling tits. Check it out. So, uh, but mm. yeah, dude, um, there's some crazy sales going on already with wrestling. Let's hope the interest peaks and maybe more fans will start going once things opens up. And and hope things stay safe with it, and we're not right back where we were in, uh, you know, September or something. And like then that. Let's hope, and then a mutation you know. doesn't come out because not enough people vaccinated, and it's like ten times as strong. And it wipes out the species. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I got a little nervous out here in California when all of a sudden they lifted all the mask mandates in June. I was like, how about, you know, we lift all the capacity, you know, things, but we keep the mask just for a couple weeks afterwards just to make sure it doesn't like blow up in our face. I thought like, let's just keep the mask for a little bit longer. But, you know, it is what it is. Well, and you, I know, gotta, you, know, you gotta know, all the really fucking um, conservative people will can not wear a mask. And then, like, all the people who are, like, kind of, like, a little more cautious will wear masks. Or people who are unvaccinated right. but choose to only wear a mask if they're unvaccinated. So, I mean, there's gonna be a mix of people that do and do not wear masks. I have a feeling that that small group that I explained, most people that are in stores... Or what, I don't want to get too political with it or deep into okay. it, but the bottom line is, if you're walking to a store without a mask, it doesn't mean that you're vaccinated. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. Well, you know? I mean, I think there's also a group I didn't talk about, which is just people that are tired of fucking wearing masks, and whether they're liberal sure, or conservative, I get it. they're yeah. so tired of it that they yeah. will continue not to. And I kind of sure, fit I in that, I because it. I stopped wearing my mask like a week before my final vaccine. I was like, fuck it, bro. I'm so tired of it. But, you know, that's you and I and the whole world. There's so many uh, things going on, India, all that stuff. But we will hope that everything gets better. And wrestling and COVID has been a crazy time. And next week, we'll talk about wrestling. And I'll tell you guys then. Justin, you have a great night, my friend. You too, my friend, and we'll talk in a week or two. All right, for sure, man. Peace.